Welcome to the Discovering Our Scars podcast, where we have honest conversations about things that make us different. Our mission is to talk about things you might relate to, but that you don't hear being discussed in other places. Our hope is that you're encouraged to have honest conversations with people in your own life. I'm Steph. And I'm Beth. On today's show, we're going to have an honest conversation titled, What is Cancel Culture? Then we'll share a slice of life and the show will close with questions for reflection, where we'll invite you to reflect on the conversation in your own life. So what do we mean by cancel culture? What is cancel culture? So that's an interesting question because we've been kind of, we're talking about this episode and I texted my mom. I say, mom, do you know what cancel culture is? Because she's older than both of us. So I thought, you know, let's see if she knows, then I bet everyone would know. And she knew, but then I realized, wait, she's not a great person to ask because she knows everything. She is very, she's very up with like technology and terms. Like if she doesn't know a term, she sees it. She's she, a YouTuber. Hello. She's a YouTuber. So, you know, she knows those things. So anyways, she knew, but we don't know that everyone knows. So Beth, give us the definition of what cancel culture is. Oh, we should also mention that we are remote right now. Um, we have done podcasts off. Mostly we've been in person recently, but um, I recently had an exposure to COVID. So we are remote. And FYI, I don't have COVID, but I'm just uh, self-isolating for 10 days as recommended by the CDC. The definition of cancel culture is it's a modern form of ostracism in which someone is thrust out of social or professional circles, either online or in real life um, or both. And the people who are ostracized, they're said to be canceled. So it's sort of like if you get, if you're, if people want to boycott you or they want to not listen to your music or can you look at at your YouTube videos, people want to boycott you. Do they, do they boycott you? I think they boycott things. I don't know if they boycott you. You can boycott people. (laughs) You can boycott. Okay. Yeah. You can boycott people. So I mean, Aren't 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 people boycotting J.K. Rowling? Isn't that a thing? Spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about. But wait, Beth, I wanted to say I don't like what you just said. The definition. I think that was really offensive, and I think you didn't. I didn't. I don't think you checked all your facts, and I think you're very insensitive. So I have canceled you. You're gonna cancel. You canceled. Well, you should cancel wikipedia because that's where i got the definition you got it from. from wikipedia you should be canceled beth <laughs> wikipedia oh my goodness i, I googled cancel culture <laughs> it to was get the a first very thing concise that came up. definition <laughs> so another good word for it i would say is probably ostracized because that was in the definition of cancel culture so if you don't know what cancel means maybe ostracize if you know what that means would make sense which i do know what it means because i learned in seventh grade it was a uh, a word that we used, we learned because it was going to be in our SATs and I passed. I'm just saying. So the reason we bring this up though is because we wanted to talk about something. There's something that kind of like I got into a couple months ago. We put it down as a talking, as a, a point to talk about because, um, well, I'm just going to go for it. Right, Beth? Should I just say it? Just go for okay. it. Okay. Put it out there. <laughs> so, um, something that I don't talk about often because it's very personal, but uh, very dear to me. I am a very big Harry Potter fan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know why I don't talk about it more. Actually, I really should. But I really love the books. I got into the books um, in high school and then watched the movies and I have the Lego set. So, you know, I'm a big fan. And a couple months ago, maybe, um, I don't remember exactly when it was. It has, I don't think it's been a full year. But there was some um, tweets from J.K. Rowling, who is the author of uh, Harry Potter book series and the whole Wizarding World franchise, 
but there were some tweets and um i remember seeing the tweets and being like what What yeah there were some weird tweets i was like this is weird i don't understand and so we won't get into the tweets specifically but i remember seeing it and i remember hearing people say oh she's canceled oh she's um you know she is an anti anti anti-trans yeah uh, yeah people accused her of being anti-trans not yeah not supporting the trans community and just like like she's canceled and i'm like what i was like so so in my mind i was like a i read the tweets they were weird so they were weird so then i hear people say she's canceled because she's you know not supportive i'm like okay well the tweets were weird so maybe there's some validity here but as time went on, I started seeing like um, like SNL, for example, um, Saturday Night Live. They made a joke about how, you know, JK is like, you know, we're done with her. She's canceled. And I remember thinking and, and that was it. They're just like, she's canceled without any kind of like explanation. And so I kept seeing these things like, oh, JK has gone off the rails. Da, 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 burn her books again. It's like, oh, I, we've done the burning books thing again. Like, I'm whatever. So I wanted to know for myself, like what exactly was happening. So I Googled it. I Googled JK Rowling, weird tweets, something like that. And I actually found her website. She has um, a website where she wrote a long essay about the particular subject. And I took the time to read this whole essay. And um, and this was like a couple months ago that I actually read the essay. And I, I also read it last night again because I wanted to, you know, have the fresh information. It was very interesting to me. Obviously, she's a good writer. She wrote the best books, you know, ever. So uh, Harry Potter. So I would say it was really well written, like no doubt about that. And I thought she did a really great job of explaining the backstory of how that tweet happened and what her mindset and everything in between. And it made me want to know more. It made me want to research. So she was really talking about, um, you know, definition of women, the trans community. And in, when I read the article, I did not see her saying um, that she's anti-trans. I did not see that in any way, shape or form. That's not how I read it. Whether I read it wrong, I did not see that. Um, she is very, uh, but she, she put some things out there that made me think, oh, these are things I need to be aware of when laws are taking place, when bills are passing. These are things I need to be paying attention to. I need to not just say, oh, well, yes, we need more of this legislation. This is a good thing. I need to be present and conscious of what is happening. And that's really what it made me think of and what it, what it brought light to for me. It wasn't that it was like everything she's saying is right. All of these things are horrible. Like it wasn't that it just made me realize like, oh, a lot of these points are interesting that I probably want to research to understand more about. And Uh, And if I had never, if I had just dismissed her, like everyone has been doing culturally with the cancel culture, literally, you know, canceling her um, and not hearing her words, I think that would have been a disservice because I like her work. Um, I haven't, I've only read the Harry Potter stuff. I haven't read her like other like novels and things. Um, But I wanted to try to understand. I'm like, I don't want to cancel her. I don't without like having full knowledge of why I would be doing it. And I haven't canceled her in my life. I'm not, I'm not following her like, you know, blindly. Um, but I read the articles, I've read it twice and I thought it brought up some really good points that I want to learn more about. And, um, and I think she, and the biggest thing that she said in the article was, um, she shared some like very personal things that she's experienced and why, 
her point of view on these things are as they are. And I thought that was just really refreshing because I like for me, like there's certain things that really affect me because of, you know, the history and the life that I've experienced. And so it's interesting to hear her point of view on things based on her history and life experience. And I think that's important to do and not just dismiss somebody, whether you agree with it or not. I think it's important to hear people's voices and it may not change anything that you think or choices you make, but I think it makes us stronger as people to try to understand every point of view. Well, I think that's what's so interesting about it. I, I think no one wants to hear us say like maybe JK Rowling has a point, right? When she does talk about issues of gender. Um, and, and I think part of what she is saying is that gender matters and that actually that's why it matters for people who are transgendered as well. Right. So if, if gender really doesn't matter, then that would be, I think, dismissive of folks who are, are transgender. But that for me, the, the interesting question in it all, because I don't, I don't particularly feel like I need to need to, or could defend JK Rowling, but it's interesting to me that people feel like she owes us something like she owes society something. She's expected to have a certain set of views because of the people who buy her books. And like the idea of burning a book, what do you, you're going to go buy a book so you can burn it. Like that is not sending the right message to the author because you have just engaged in commerce (laughs) with the author. Like I don't, that all of that is sort of mind boggling to me, but what's the point of canceling her? Is the point of canceling her to say, we don't like this view that you that we believe you are representing, and so we want to send a message that that view is not okay, and you now have become the representative of that view, and so we cancel, we want to cancel that view, so we're canceling you. Is that the idea behind it, or is it, is it that people feel they have some sort of... Uh, it almost feels like... Um- Cancel culture is like the anti or is like if you're not politically correct, you're canceled. Like it almost seems like if she if she had said like, you know, trans lives matter, trans is, uh, you know, Which all the she support does say of, yes. she does say that. <laughs> I know yeah. she does say it. Um, yeah. But if she had just uh, it, but there's a part in the article, actually, where she says, um, you know, it would have been easier for me in response to all the hate to just say she said it would have been easier with all of the tweet uh hate tweets she was getting to just use the approved hashtags and say um yes of course trans lives matter human rights matter all of those things use those hashtags um and she said there's a joy and relief in safety and conformity and she could have done that and maybe ended thing ended this cancel thing but that wouldn't have been her true view and her true voice. And I think it takes people that are afraid, aren't afraid to, you know, get hate. It's hard to have an opposite opinion from like the, like the masses, the being politically correct. Exactly. It's hard to have an unpopular opinion. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, I applaud her for letting her voice be heard and for saying like, this is how she feels. And I don't think it's coming from like a, I don't think it's a radical, crazy thing that she's saying. Um, and, and it's not something that's as simple as this is what she's saying. That's why we're not like really going into detail about what she's saying. If you really want to know kind of what she's saying, you need to read it because I can't, 
say say exactly like the details of it because it's complex like there are she was writing a book and that's how all of this kind of research and conversation got started she actually didn't accidentally hit like on a tweet and then this kind of firestorm happened and it was this it was this whole thing um and uh but she wanted to give context behind this whole thing that we saw on twitter in the, you know however many hash how many characters you can write on twitter which is not a lot so this gave her an opportunity to really kind of explain where where it was all coming from but our bigger conversation is really about cancel culture it's yeah. not really about jk rowling or what she believes or whether she has correct beliefs or incorrect yeah. beliefs or i mean our 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 conversation is really about why is it that people get canceled. So has there, has there ever been like a brand that you just turned your back on where you were like, you know what? I'm done with them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy that brand anymore for any reason. Yeah. I remember a couple of years ago, or it's probably been more than a couple of years ago now. Um, there was, um, the Toyota brand, there was a, um, issue with their, like the, the pedal, the, um, yeah, the accelerator. accelerator. And they knew about it for a long time. They knew about it. And a lot of people lost their lives because of this issue with their car. And they finally issued like a recall. And it was like this huge thing. And I remember hearing about that and being like, that was so horrible what that company did that they didn't take action like way sooner. Like they were just like, you know, oh, it's an isolated incident. Oh, another person died. Oh, isolated incident, isolated. And then it was like, it was their fault. Um, And so, yeah, so like, in my mind, like I have canceled Toyota. Um, I don't like, I'm not, I wouldn't, you know, go pick it and put up a sign like cancel Toyota. Like I know people still shop, shop and buy them. They're still a very popular company. I don't think people even remember that, but that's something that stuck with me. And if someone was considering getting Toyota and asked my opinion, I would bring that up because, um, because that's not a car that I would, um, consider getting myself. Yeah. And that to me is like, okay, there's something about this brand that I no longer trust exactly because, or that I just maybe not no longer trust, but that I've never trusted because I know this part of their history. Mm -hmm. That to me is different than like the CEO of Toyota said something offensive. Therefore I will never buy a Toyota. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's really, I think where cancel culture comes in is that it's not even about a bad personal experience with a brand or about, um, about, you know, bad customer service or a company lying to us or, um, you know, making defective vehicles that hurt people. Cancel culture is really about what people are saying and the political views that they hold and how then we're trying to exert pressure to change those views by canceling them. Yeah. By, well, by just shutting down their voice almost by saying like, we're not going to hear anything you say. It's like, you know, like a child where it's like, nah, 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 nah. I can't hear right. you. I can't hear you. And so that's right. basically like what cancel culture is. Is like if somebody says something that we don't agree with, it's like, I don't want to listen. And believe me, there's plenty of people out there that you can say it and I'm not going to listen to them. Like there are, there are some people that I just know I'm not going to hear a word they say. Um, but overall, like, I, I try not to do that with, um, with anyone, even if it's somebody that like, I totally disagree with. Like I try to, you know, maybe there is value in, in knowing their point of view. It's kind of like we've talked about in the past where like there's certain people, religious people that, you know, if you try to say something about 
you know, about God or an opinion about it. And if it's different than theirs, they get just so offended and just so like, it's like, if you can't, you know, have an honest conversation about your religious views or about this or that and hear an opposite opinion, your views are very fragile. And that's not, I don't, I don't want to be in that spot where I'm so fragile with my views on something that I can't even have a opposite conversation, like have a, um, you know, a, a debate or a disagreement on something. I think that's something that, I mean, we did it with um, with Daniel. We had him on the podcast to talk about politics, and that was hard. Darn, it was hard. But um, I think that is important to hear from people with different opinions than us. There have been times, though, when I have felt like I don't have a lot of power or influence, but if the way that I spend my money does have the potential to produce a change or to create influence, then maybe I do have a responsibility to think that through. So an example would be companies that had donated large sums of money to the National Rifle Association, Mm -hmm. right? I'm actually not anti-Second Amendment. I actually believe that there is a personal right to own and bear arms, but I do not I no longer support the NRA. I'll say it that way. So I did want to know which companies are making these big donations Mm -hmm. because what do they hope to gain from that? And what does that say about their corporate motives and their corporate culture? I don't think that one consumer making a change based on that information is going to produce change. Mm -hmm. But what if 75% of their consumers made a change based on that, right? Or if they thought that there was the potential for that. So, you know, we have, I think there are some small examples of it. Companies deciding they weren't going to, that they were going to limit gun sales or they were going to not make ammunition available or they weren't going to make those donations to the NRA anymore um, in the wake of, I I remember really it coming up in the wake of of another big tragedy, you know, one of of the mass shootings. That, I guess, is cancel culture, but it feels different to me because it's on a corporate level and not a personal or individual level. Right. I, yeah, I don't know if that's to me, I don't think that is cancel culture. Cause I think cancel culture is more about like an individual um, for saying something. I think it's different than, you know, when a company chooses not to sell firearms like that. Cause are you saying the company that chose to not sell firearms would people were canceling that company? No, that oh. they gave in to pressure, that there was that there was pressure cultural for them to pressure, stop, yeah. social pressure to make that change. Oh, and if and they didn't so they change made it, a change. If they didn't change and I think it, they'd be canceled. Yeah, and I think that's why cancel culture comes up because we're like, okay, we're gonna exert this social pressure to try to create change in this individual, which is why it's so weird when it gets applied to an in- individual like JK Rowling, because what change are you hoping to make? Yeah. Right? Um, I don't think though, see that I, I think I don't think that's what cancel culture is. I don't think you're thinking that anything's going to change. You just don't want to let that person have a voice anymore. Like I think cancel culture is more when you cancel someone in the public eye and to not give them a voice anymore. So I wouldn't say like when a tragedy happens and companies, um, you know, cave to public or change based on public opinion. I don't think that's cancel culture. And I think a lot of things happen for the good that way. I know there's like when the, uh, Black Lives Matter protests were happening heavily over the summer. Um, there was companies that said that they were going to change. Some, well, I mean, Disney said they were going to change the 
the Splash Mountain ride and some Uncle Ben's and Aunt Jemima's was going to change their um, their names and things like that. So I think those I think those things are good. I I but I don't think th- I wouldn't consider those cancel culture. I think it was like people said we've had enough and these things have to change because society has changed and are the things that we buy in in um, participate in need to change. So I think that's different than cancel culture because the definition you said of cancel culture was like a individual being ostracized. I don't think you can ostracize a company. You can just stop patronizing them. That's yeah, I think it's all part of the same thing, though. And we we can post links to stuff to the articles about it, but it all seems to come from the same root, right? The same impetus that we are going to exert pressure to create change. And if an individual is making their living, well, whether it is or not, I don't think it's cancel culture. You do. That's cool. We can, we can see it in different ways. Like I think a company is a different concept, but whether it is or not, like what is that the heart of the, of cancel culture to you? Like, do you think that's something that as society we need to be doing? I think it's one of those things that has, that there is a place for it in society because I think that we need to be able to, I think it is right for us to say that's not acceptable, right? You're not going to be in the public sphere. We're not going to give you a bully pulpit. We're not going to read every one of your tweets and read all of your books. If this is the message that you're going to put out there. Um, so for example, someone like Bill Cosby, I don't watch his shows anymore. I don't watch his HBO, his old HBO specials. I don't want any, I don't want him to have any influence in my life because I now know that he's not the person who he presented himself to be or Michael Jackson really hard this time of year. I got to say, because those old Jackson five songs are so great. Like when I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus and it's like, you know, there were things happening in that family that led to the creation of that song, that led to them making the money that, that were not okay, right? The kids were not treated well. And that ultimately created generational problems where Michael Jackson became an abuser. Like, like I don't, so I just don't want any of that in my life or so R. You, R. Kelly. I'm not going to listen oh. to R. Kelly's music, right? So like, you don't just, listen to Jackson 5 at all? No, this is the first year where I was like, wait, why am I listening to this? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I, um, I know a lot of people have said like, that they separate the the art from the artist kind of thing where they still listen to Michael Jackson and all of that. So it's interesting. Would you say Michael Jackson's been canceled and that includes his music? I would say he's been canceled out of out of my life. Yeah. I don't know that there's like a movement to cancel him, but I'm canceling him <laughs> for whatever that's worth. I've always been uncomfortable with him like as a person. Um, but I I do listen to his music, actually. I have listened to his music, um, but I, I agree. Like when I hear it, though, it's kind of like, ugh. there's kind of like a ick feeling as well. It's hard to enjoy it. Exactly. It's hard to, it's, so it's like, why do I want to listen to this if I'm not going to enjoy it? It's kind of like going to a restaurant during COVID. It's like I can go, but it's not super enjoyable. Like it used to be with all my new knowledge that I could get COVID while I'm eating. <laughs> but I also hear that idea of, you know, well, we don't want there's too much political correctness and we don't want to be policing what people are saying because we want there to be free speech. And I think, yes, I do want there to be free speech. And that includes me having the right to turn it off, disengage, I think not receive the speech. (laughs) I think ultimately what it comes down to is uh, people are culturally canceled 
as JK has been culturally canceled in the overwhelming like culture of like the online world has kind of canceled her. But we as individuals have to make that choice. Like I don't think it's I think it's really important for us all to be able to not just listen to the noise around us, but to do our research and to understand you know, individuals and the stories behind them and to make that choice for ourselves, not to just listen to what society says. I mean, you always hear they say this, they say that, you know, who is they, you know, just stop and say, wait, why do they say it? Let, let me look into this myself. And I think that's ultimately what is important within cancel culture is not to just take they word for it, but to take your word for it, to research and look into these things that people are saying, you know, this person's a bad person. Why? Like, let me understand and let me make that choice for myself. It's like cancel culture is, is culture shooting on us. You shouldn't listen to their music. You shouldn't buy her books. You shouldn't read her tweets. You shouldn't look at her Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't like that. We don't like to be shit on. So Steph, if you could cancel one person or one thing, what would it be? Is there one that you would do? I don't know. How about you? Let me see what your answer is, then maybe I'll come up with mine. Let's not say politics. Okay. Let's say, that's keep it out of, the, out of the political realm okay. because, uh, partly because that's super predictable for you <laughs> and me. In the cultural realm, if I could cancel, I don't think it would be a person, but I think it would be um, an application. I think I would cancel TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're a mom and, and you don't want that. Yeah. Because I'm a mom. I don't know. Yeah. I I think I try not to like completely dismiss people, um, things, ideas, all of those things for good. Like I to make a hard statement of like never again. It's because a good point. there's yeah. new information and there's new um when the Greyhound racing started in the United States, it, there was some really bad practices and dogs got hurt and really bad things. And over time it got really regulated and it was really well, they were, the dogs were really well taken care of, but there's a lot, very, there was a lot of people. Most people think that um, it's inhumane and they are not well tra- taken care of and da 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 all these things. Uh, so they've canceled Greyhound cult, Greyhound racing in their minds. Well, um, and then from the little bit of research I did um, before I got my Greyhounds, I realized it's really well regulated. They are well taken care of. And then from my experience being at the track, being with the trainers, hearing them talk about these dogs and how much they knew about them, loved them, took care of them. So I have the unpopular opinion of Greyhound racing. I don't think it's cruel. Um, I think it's uh, I'm very sad. Actually, Greyhound Racing just ended in Florida, and I'm bummed out because now there'll be no amazing dogs <laughs> for me to adopt in the future. Um, but it's one of those things where y- people just went with what culture said. Oh, of course, dog racing is is horrible. Of course, and so that's what people listen to because it has been. Yes, it has been, but they never updated their thinking. And so I don't want to ever just say no to something. I want to. I can say no for now. But I want to help. I want to make sure I keep updating my thinking and updating my research and seeing has things changed because there are many times where things has changed and what you once thought is not the case anymore. So I think that's just something important we do as human beings as we keep learning and discovering and understanding life in different ways. We have so much fun making this podcast, and we've heard from some of you that you're wondering what is the best way to support us. So we've decided to expand the podcast experience using buymeacoffee.com. 
you can go there and buy us a cup of coffee or for Steph, a cup of tea. Yep. Or you can actually become a monthly supporter and that will give you access to PDFs of the questions for reflection as well as pictures, outtakes, polls, and more. The kinds of things that we would put on social media if we had a social media channel, but we actually don't for the podcast because we decided from the beginning that we didn't want to add to more white noise in your life. So one of the great things about Buy Me A Coffee is that you'll be able to actually get an email when we post new content. You can go straight there and you don't have to deal with ads or being bombarded with other content. You see exactly the content you're looking for without a bunch of distractions. We plan to post probably like once or twice a week, and we're excited to get your feedback as members on our Buy Me A Coffee page, which we are lovingly calling our BMAC page. BMAC. BMAC. Uh, so you'll be able to find a link in our description to find out more and to sign up. Beth, have you been co- exposed to COVID-19 this week? Well, I don't think I was exposed under the actual definition like the health department's definition of exposure i was around briefly someone who was covid positive how about you have you been exposed (laughs) this week Wait, i want more of that story what does that mean were you at the grocery store no so i am just beginning some training as a hospital chaplain and so i was in the emergency room doing some training and um, a person who was not supposed to be out of their room because they're covid positive and they were in the process of being um, well, they were being processed, right, as a patient, oh, but they had had a positive COVID test. And so they were supposed to stay in their room with their mask on. And they were wandering the hallways um, asking for help. And so it ended up that I was uh, standing with the person that they asked for help. So I oh. was kind of like, and the, they weren't wearing a mask or anything, but I was wearing my mask. I was six feet apart. You know, I, I didn't feel, I didn't really feel like I was exposed. Yeah. If I had been, if I'd walked into her room, yeah, then I would have really been and it upset, was probably not but it from, wasn't that situation. It was probably like a minute that you were with yeah, them. Yeah, I think I estimate it was like 60 to 90 seconds. Yeah. And there are, you know, there are many, not many. I don't know. I don't know what how I don't <laughs> know how many people would have to be to get to many. Yeah. There are patients in the hospital where I'm training who are COVID patients who are there because they have COVID or they have COVID, you know, um, incidental to the reason that they're admitted to the hospital. But chaplains don't aren't aren't permitted to provide support to them because of the the level of of danger that that would present and so they're in special rooms and they're you know it's all clearly marked and but obviously we know you have been exposed that's why we're doing this remotely so yeah yeah so um my neighbor who has the other two greyhounds in the neighborhood actually um her and her family got covid and they got positive results on a tuesday and we were supposed to record this podcast on a Wednesday, but we moved it to a Sunday, but we're still doing it remotely. And I walked with my neighbors on Sunday of last week. So it's been a week um, outside, obviously walked outside. I've been weird walking inside <laughs> but, uh, with four dogs. Wow. Um, well, wait, you just all got on the treadmills, right? Yeah, right. The dogs on oh my treadmill, gosh, four treadmills. On treadmill. Yeah. So, um, so I have been wearing a mask all week around all human beings. Uh, the toughest one is my mom because I'm around her a lot. But I, um, for the first few days, once I found out she was positive, I I wasn't around my mom. And so that was tough. And then once I kind of was out of that three, four day mark, I was like, I'm probably good. But um, so I've been wearing a mask with around her until the 10 days is up, which will be Wednesday, as the CDC recommends, 10 days of self-isolation. So, Yeah. And, you know, you talked in this episode about staying up to date with information and 
I think COVID is a great example of that. And the CDC is a great example of that. Like it's, it's okay to, for science to continue to gain new information and new insights and for, and for guidances to be updated. That's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that there's any corruption or fraud. Well, just the the more, the more that this, the longer this goes on, the more data they have and the more knowledge they have. And that's with, and I, and that's the same thing with life, with us as human beings, the older we get, the more knowledge we have of life and the more we can take that information and, you know, make different decisions on things. Um, yeah, because they used to say 14 days to quarantine, but now they're saying 10 days. They just changed it this week, actually. Um, and they're also saying, which is new, um, I believe it's new, is you are not COVID, po- like if you got a COVID positive test, um, you are free, of, you're not spreading the virus anymore um, after 10 days after when your f- symptoms first showed up, which is new because I believe I, the last I heard was it's um, five days after your last COVID symptoms. So this is 10 days after your first COVID symptoms. So it's a different way of looking at it. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And the reason that we should all be wearing masks is that you can actually be contagious before you are Two symptomatic. Days. Yeah. And so. Show symptoms. Yeah. Just wear your mask. Which is basically what I was freaking out about because I was with them Sunday and they got a positive test on Tuesday. So um, they would have been shedding the virus um, when we were walking. But I, when I'm around people without a mask, which is not often, it's pretty much you, Beth, and, and we have the plexi between us and it's them. Literally, those are the people and my mom. <laughs> That's it. Um, but, um, I, I keep my distance. I do keep my distance and we're outside and we're, you know, walking around and I'm typically in the front because the dogs, my dogs walk faster. So I am always very conscious of that anyways. So, uh, it, it kept me safe this time. It seems, <laughs> Well, we don't want people to cancel us. So why don't you remind everybody if they want to find you on social media, where's the best place to do that? And what's what's your info? Don't cancel me. I would like to say, um, if you want to get a little more in inside scoop of what's going on with me, check out my YouTube channel. Um, It is actually on YouTube. Go to YouTube and We'll put a link to it below because I'm going to spell it out and you're going to be like, nope. So my YouTube channel <laughs> is my name, Stephanie Kostopoulos. I'm not going to spell it because it's really long, but we'll put it, we'll put a link to it below. Um, and I've been putting some vlogs on there recently of my adventures with my dogs and some trips to the woods. So I would say check me out on there. How about you, Beth? You can find me on Facebook at Beth Demi Speaks. It's uh Beth, B-E-T-H, and my last name is Demi, D-E-M-M-E, and that is my Facebook page where I post about uh, whatever I have going on on my blog and whatever I have going on here on the podcast. And I have a special thing, actually, I should mention, I have a special thing that people really love this time of year. It's a Bible Christmas trivia. So we all tend to think that we know the the story of Christmas as it's told in the Bible, but actually a lot of what we think is in the Bible is really cultural. And so I have this short little trivia game. It's kind of fun to do with family and friends. And it all came about because many years ago, the Bible really embarrassed me at a Mm. Christmas party when I thought I knew the biblical Christmas story and then realized I didn't. And so um, we'll put a link to that in the show notes too, because it's a fun resource for people to have this time of year. Is it on your website? If you go to bethdemi.com slash Christmas trivia, it should come up. At the end of each episode, we end with questions for reflection. These are questions based on today's show that Beth will read and leave a little pause between. 
And you can also find a PDF on our Buy Me a Coffee page. Number one, have you ever participated in canceling or boycotting something? Why? Number two, have you ever felt pressure to participate in boycotting a person or company? Who did the pressure come from and how did you respond? Number three, when someone or something is receiving a lot of negative press, do you tend to get on the bandwagon or do you do your own research? And number four, if you could cancel one person or one thing, who or what would it be? Why? This has been the Discovering Our Scars podcast. Thank you for joining us.